everybody doing with their extra hour of sleep? Now, be honest, how many of you guys did a little binging on Netflix for that extra hour? I didn't do that. I wouldn't know anything about that, but I'm sure somebody in the audience would. So, anyway, it is great. It is such an honor to be up here to speak to you all. Something I... I just still can't believe that I have to hear myself for 30 whole minutes and not be interrupted. It is just such a crazy, I still have to get used to that. <laughs> but it is, it is an honor to be able to just speak what's on my heart. And a couple things I do want to say real quick before I get started today um, is if you guys haven't been baptized yet or would like to get baptized, we are going to have a baptism service in two weeks um, just to celebrate with you and to just, just that, that new fresh start. And just to show that you are uh, witnessing in um, your salvation with Christ. And so we're going to have that on November 20th. And then also through this Freedom Series, if you have had a story as you're going through these different steps and you just really feel like God has done a little bit of a, I don't know, just some surgery on your heart through all of this. I've heard stories just in, in my uh, small group that are just phenomenal. But if you're wanting to share that corporately and you want to, uh, you know, let the, let the church know about that, please let your small group leader know. Um, go to the information booth, let them know. Just get in contact with us, and we would love to hear your story. Um, also, another fun thing that we're going to be doing is an international dinner. How many of you guys have been a part of that? before. <laughs> Me either. So it's going to be our first time doing it, but we are super excited. It, basically, anything that represents maybe your background or something that maybe you uh, loved eating growing up that was like a family favorite, we just want you to come and bring that and um, just share that with the rest of us, whether it's German food, whether it's Italian food, whether it's just hillbilly food. We'll take anything as long as it's edible. But we are looking forward to doing that together as a group. So that's coming up in the next couple weeks. So this morning, when Ross and I were talking about me sharing with you, I was all excited. And at that point, I didn't realize what, um, what the, the, the next step was that I was going to be preaching on. And so when I found out it was on acceptance, I thought, oh my goodness, that's going to hit a little cl uh, close to home. Um, acceptance, I think, is something that you know, at some point or another, all of us struggle with. But, you know, just even through this freedom series, God has just really revealed some stuff to me personally. And I'm hoping to get to share with you a personal story at the end here, just about what that has meant in my life. But let's, let's rewind back to second grade in the 80s. And I had uh, really been attracted to this little boy named Tyler. And Tyler was, you know, at that age, you know, you freely give acceptance and you freely receive acceptance. And so I wanted to show him that I really liked him. So I wanted to make him a friendship pin. How many of you guys remember friendship pins back in the 80s where you take a safety pin and you thread like beads on it and then you, you pin it on your, um, your shoelaces? Has any, does anybody remember that? Oh, good. Okay, I was afraid I'd be the only one. Maybe that's just like a Midwest thing. But, but I had made him one and I also wanted to ask him if he would go with me. And so I did what any little second grader would do. I sent my girlfriend to go ask and to give him 
the friendship pen. So I stood here at the playground, and she went that way in search of Tyler. And so she ends up coming back, and Tyler's with her in his moon boots. And let me tell you something about moon boots. It doesn't have to just be snowing for you to wear those things. You can wear that any time of the year, at least back then you did. And so um, I remember him stomping up in his moon boots, and he threw that pen down, and he said, Amy Deems, I hate your guts. Ah, yeah, that was hard. Um, So, yeah, I mean, like I said, as a young child, you know, you freely give acceptance, and you expect to freely be given or receive acceptance. And so that kind of stuck with me for a while. And then if you were to fast forward to my junior high years, I remember um, in fifth grade, I had two really, really close best friends, and Julie and Missy, and we were like the three, uh, the trio, I don't know, the threesome, or, or, you know, just we we did everything together. We uh, rode the bus home together and would stay at each other's house and hang out. Um, We worked on projects together in school. We always made a pact that we would call on each other in gym class so we wouldn't be the last one picked, that kind of stuff. But I'll never forget one particular uh, day uh, after lunch, after we were in the gym, I guess it was raining out, we weren't outside playing, but we were in the gym, and they wanted to do a little powwow. And so they just, you know, I didn't even see it coming. They just said, you know what, we don't want to be friends with you anymore. We're done. We're, we're just, we, we, don't, we don't like hanging out with you. You're just not like us. We're, we're done. We're, we're just going to, you know. We're done. And so, yeah. Let me just say this, though. That was the worst and best thing that ever happened in my life. It really taught me what it was like to be a friend, not to just have friends. So there was positive that came out of that. But at that time, it was talk about rejection. You know, that was really hard. And so, um, you know, let's let's fast forward a little bit uh, more into my adult life. And... I remember going through a book called Boundaries, and if any of you guys have ever read the book Boundaries, it will just bring all the impurities to the surface, and the book was talking about if there's people in your life that, you know, cause you to feel like you never measure up or you're not good enough or you just never have the approval or acceptance from them, you're supposed to find out who they are because what boundaries is all about is setting godly perimeters around your life to keep you from constantly getting knocked down. And so everything, you know, made sense. I could definitely, like, connect with that, and I was like, definitely I feel that, and I know there's someone like that in my life, but who exactly is it? I could not figure out who that person was. And it wasn't until, I don't know, about a week later that I realized that that was me. I was doing that to myself. I had come to a place where I didn't measure up. I didn't even accept myself in certain situations. And, you know, you get to a point where you just stop taking risks. Because if risks cause failure, nobody wants to fail. And so what do I do? I marry a man who is the biggest risk taker of all. (laughs) And I can just live comfortably behind him. But, you know, I just want to say that God created you to take risks. And you need to take risks. And me getting up here and speaking is taking a risk. But, you know, once you take that risk, God takes it from there. And I have gotten to experience that firsthand. But 
I don't know what your story is. I don't know what things happened in your life, whether it was a decision you made or somebody made um, while you were growing up that caused you to uh, lack the acceptance that you need. Um, whether it was, you know, something small or big, but it has stuck with you, and it really messes up your perception of, of um, acceptance. Well, today I would like to say that acceptance is not, or is found in the truth of what God says, not in how we perceive ourselves to be. And sometimes we can, we can perceive ourselves one way that does not line up with the truth of what the Word of God says. But, you know, in a world where we're just constantly bombarded with things that we do or things that we have or what make us who we are, is it really possible to feel that acceptance for just being who we are? And today I just want to look at some truths that will align with the Word of God that tells you who you are in Christ. And the, tr the first truth I want to look at is truth number one. I am not defined by my works, but by God's love. And that is so true because I think all of us get status and identity mixed up. Because, see, status changes. You can have and then you can go without. You can be single and then you can get married. You can have no children and then have five kids and be like, whoa, what happened there? But the truth is, that's a status. That, things like that change in your life. And sometimes you don't have any control over it. But, your, um, but who you are, your identity does not change. And I think we get those mixed up because when status changes, sometimes it messes with our identity. And so um, I want to look at Romans 5.8. Look at what the word says about this. It's in the New Testament. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. It says, God, but God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see that? Take a deep breath. <laughs> it's not your works. We're defined by his love. I remember uh, starting a Bible study for the first time when I moved down here. I was so excited because, you know, it, I had done Bible studies back in Ohio and, and, and really enjoyed doing the more smaller group one-on-one -on -one stuff. And so I was all prepared, you know, had my little bag of talents and giftings that I felt like God had equipped me with and I was ready to go. And so that first day, you know, we get ready to meet and nobody shows up. And so, you know, talk about an identity versus status crisis, you know. It was hard because I started questioning who I was. Like, well, maybe people back in Ohio just came because they've known me my whole life, you know? Maybe people here just, you know, maybe I get give off some kind of weird vibe to them or something. But the truth was, it was just a status issue. I just hadn't connected with people enough to really develop that relationship to where they started coming to a small group. It's not a big deal. And since then it's happened. I've started a small group and nobody showed up. But that's okay. There's things you're going to do in your life where it's not going to work out. And it's a status thing. You know, don't let it wreck your identity because that's not, it has nothing to do with that. So let's look at the second truth. Truth number two says there is a difference between pleasing and trusting. 
And the difference between pleasing and trusting, um, well, let's first look at it as they both, if you were to both look at them in a spiritual sense, they both sound very heroic and something that you want to obtain. I mean, you know, when we come to Christ, we're all excited about what he's done for us. And so we, we allow Christ to forgive us of our sins. And then we get this, to this place where it's like, you know what? I want to please God by doing good. I want to show him that I love him and I'm going to please him by managing my own sins. And that sounds great. But the problem with that is we take grace that was applied. And remember, grace is an unmerited favor. We take that grace and we take it at the cross and say it's a one-time experience. That grace is something we only have happen to us once. And then we put it back down. And then we manage our Christianity from there. And we're supposed to have that grace follow us. That's, that's a gift that he's given us. And so that grace is what allows us to walk each day so we're not so hard on ourselves or because there's going to come a time when you're you're going to trip and you know it's like you're going to get frustrated because you thought you had all your bases covered but it's God's grace that saves you and so the difference and then if we look at trusting is simply just taking God at his word and it says in Proverbs 3 5 and 6 and this is a very popular verse and it's popular because it's good. <laughs> it really is. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So we are to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. And we can't get into that default mode of leaning on our own understanding because it's going to get us in trouble. But here's the beautiful thing. When we start trusting God, all of a sudden the byproduct of that or the result of that, becomes pleasing to God. But see, the motivation is different. We're not pleasing first. We're trusting first. And we just automatically are going to be pleasing to God. And so it becomes a byproduct of that. And then the last thing I want to look at is truth number three. It says, living for acceptance and love is slavery. But living from acceptance and love is freedom. And there is a big difference. Because when you're living for something, it's ongoing. Um, it, it hasn't happened completely. It's like you're still trying to ring the bell. You're still trying to obtain that. You're, you're living for something. And, you know, when you're living from something, something that God has done in your life, it's already happened. And you get, that just comes out of who you are. It's coming from a place of love and acceptance. And that becomes liberty. It's not something that you're, you're, you're constantly trying to trace, chase after. Whereas living for something is. Living for love and acceptance. And the verse I want to look at for that is in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5 chapter 1. And it says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. It's so easy to just get caught up and entangled in lesser things. It takes work to find out who you are in Christ at times, because there's just certain things in life you don't have 
what's the word, the luxury of looking at through the natural eyes because it's hard. When you are having to see yourself through God's eyes, it, it, at times it does take work. Not work like you have to make it happen, but it's, it's because we're so used to just accepting things in the natural, there's a spiritual connection with, with ourselves and God that says, I need you to see things differently than what the world sees. I need you to, your foundation needs to be on me and the truth of what I say not what others say, because you're going to constantly be, constantly be living for lesser things. So I want to share with you finally a personal story. And um, it was cute. Ross called me this morning. It, for those of you that don't know, he went away. He was going to go to the Okefenokee Swamp to be with a bunch of alligators, which does not sound safe to me. But then again, there's the risk taker, right? <laughs> um, but anyway, he called me this morning. He's actually hiking with some guys right now. They ended up not going because the water table was low. But they went hiking instead. And so he called me this morning just to pray over me. And I said, Ross, I said, I want to share, you know, just a, a personal story that God has walked me through in this freeway series that's just, it's on my heart. But I'm a little bit nervous about sharing it because sometimes your story has a beginning and it has a middle, but sometimes you're not done with the ending yet, and so that's a little vulnerable, you know? And Ross, he said, Amy, now you know we didn't come here to cultivate a church like that. They are raw and real people. So I do, I want to share this story with you. This is my personal story, my most recent story that has to do with acceptance. You know, we started the Freeway series with awareness, and awareness is, is a pretty easy step because I think a lot of us are aware of areas in our life that we need to work on. But I think a lot of times we stop there. We're aware of a situation, so knowing about it's, you know, we're doing good. But for me, the awareness that I had to look deeper was that, you know, Ross and I, when we argue, I can fight mean. And I know that's hard to believe. Where's my kids? Auburn, don't start the eye rolling. <laughs> but I can be manipulative. I can be angry. I can be frustrating. I can definitely hold my own. Let's just say that. And that's why we drive separately to church. Um, <laughs> yeah, why do you think Ross wanted a motorcycle? <laughs> but... You know, the awareness, I knew I needed to work on that because my kids see that, you know? And is that something I want them to do? Do, you, do I want them to see me disrespect their dad and grow up knowing how I should treat him, but just being ugly? Well, God took me to the second step, which was discovery. And discovery, I, I don't know, for those of you who have been through the small group and they talk about the butter behind, what is it, the Pepsi or Coke bottle? It's like, oh, I'd much rather have found a stick of butter. <laughs> but for me, the discovery was I was insecure. And because I'm not insecure in every area of my life, I must not have a problem. But God showed me that you are insecure. That feeling of rejection, 
that feeling of, oh, I maybe I love him more than he loves me, and that's why he's not wanting to spend as much time with me. I mean, stupid things like that. But see, what happened was in that discovery, you know, I had let the perception take over of how I saw myself. But then the next step was ownership, saying, okay, I see that I'm insecure, and I hate that feeling because nobody wants to admit that they're insecure, or at least throw it out for everybody to see, but I need to own that. And so I did, I owned it. And the thing that was most important was that when I would get angry, that didn't automatically make Ross wrong. Because every time I would get frustrated or angry, I just assumed that I was right because it hurt me and he needs to, you know, whatever it was, he needs to make it right. And God was saying, no, no, no. That's your insecurity issues. You need to own that. And so then forgiveness comes in. And actually, that just happened about a week ago. Because, see, Ross, or God showed me that Ross walks around on eggshells sometimes. That he doesn't know if he's going to say something that's going to offend me or hurt me or I'm going to take it the wrong way. And so I asked him. And I said, Ross, is there times where you feel like you're walking on eggshells with me? And he said, yeah. But you know what? This is the most beautiful part of the story. Oh, I ask for forgiveness. I forgot that. Yeah, I asked for forgiveness. I told him, I said, I'm sorry. But that was very vulnerable because, see, now I don't have any ammunition for our next fight. I have just given him everything. I mean, all that I am as far as, you know, my ownership and just forgiveness and awareness and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, this is where it got good. You know, the verse in, I think it's 2 Corinthians um, it's 10, 12, or 12, 10, it, it talks about Paul, and it says um, that in my weakness, it's that I am then made strong. And guys, I have never experienced so much strength in my weakness until that moment. That verse just was a really cool verse in the Bible, but when I got to experience that, Oh my goodness, I had no idea. Sometimes you don't know what the outcome's gonna be. And I was really second guessing if I should even share with Ross where I was. Maybe that was just something between God and I. But when I got to just lay it all out, it was, oh, the, the confidence, the freedom, the security that in my weakness, I can be strong. And that was a beautiful thing. And the story's not over. We're still going to have fights. You know, now he is wrong a lot of the time. I just want to set the record straight. It, it's not just me. It is him too. But I'm really excited to see how God in all other, I can't wait to see what other stick of butters I find. You know, it's like the discovery of knowing that in your weakness that he makes you strong. It is beautiful. It is, I can't even put it into words. It's such an internal experience, but I, I'm addicted to it. I love it. I can't wait, but I want to thank you for letting me share that story because that, that's hard because it's, it, it's really close to home. 
But I don't know what it is you guys are struggling with in your acceptance. But I want to challenge you this week. I want you to choose to identify yourselves with God and his word. His word is full of verses on acceptance. And if you want to cheat, go to the back. Because there's a concordance. And it has words like acceptance and loved. And words like that that are key words. And you can look them up and find out where the scriptures are. And it really will set you free. You will not live as a slave. You will live in freedom. So I want you to do that this week because you need to know who you are and not to act what you feel. Because feelings, you know, what is it? Martin Luther said, feelings come, feelings go. Feelings are deceiving, but my warrant is the word of God. Nothing else is worth believing. So you need to take that time to identify with who you are in Christ and what he says, apart from your, your status, for, apart from what you're trying to live for instead of from, and he will reveal it. And it, it might get a little vulnerable, it might get a little ugly, but oh my goodness, the strength that you get out of that identity is worth it. It really is, guys. All right, let's pray. Jesus, right now, I thank you, Lord, for Momentum Church. I thank you that in you we can live and move and have our being. That Jesus, in you, we have all the identity that we need, God. And I pray for the moments that we allow status to get in the way and to kind of mess up our, just the way we see life and what our identity is supposed to look like. God, that we would just go to the word and find it in the word, in the truth. Because it says, um, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And that's a promise. Thank you, Jesus, because behavior will follow our belief. And I thank you for that, Jesus, in your name. Amen. All right, guys. Well, thank you all for being here today. And as always, we are with you on the journey. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.